the Beyond the Profi podcast, the podcast that empowers you and inspires you to seek career excellence while pursuing your passion. And I'm your host, Jasmine Haley. I have with me today on this call, Angie Stone, not Angie Stone, the R&B singer, but Angie Stone, the wonderful, extraordinary hygienist that is currently working on helping and impacting the older community, the elderly community. And so we'll love to welcome you to the show, Angie. Oh, thank you, Jasmine. You know, I love being with you. And um, I, I all those things you just said about me that were so nice, I can reciprocate and say all those awesome things about you too, right? I mean, <laughs> we're both on a journey. There's a lot of us that are on a journey. And um we all have really good stuff to share with each other so we can all learn, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I have to tell you, I really appreciate you sharing that. Uh, Angie and I had the privilege of working together at Career Fusion this this year, and it was a wonderful experience. There was a conversation that I had with Angie that really touched me in a way that I was not expecting. What I appreciated about you being there is how open you were and how kind you were and your willingness to share. And I was able to identify with you as a mom and someone that is also trying to have a professional career. And sometimes you need someone to give you a reality check and say, hey, you just, you can't do everything. So what's the most important thing for you right now in your journey? And that was that was a conversation you were willing to have with me, even though we didn't know each other well. And so I thank you for that, for being a good role model for us baby hygienists out there trying to pave our way. (laughs) Oh, well, you're so sweet. I mean, I try and just really come from a place of compassion and always support. And if I can share something that, you know, where I've been And um, if I can see it in someone else, if they're struggling with those same things, um, it's super easy for me just to say, hey, you know, I've been there, man. Um, And it doesn't mean that the person that I'm chatting with has to do things the same way as I did, because I would hope that they don't do that just because that's what I recommend. Right. I hope that they can dig deep in their in their journey and then figure out what's best for them, which I think that that's what you really did, Jasmine. And um, our time together at Career Fusion was absolutely, absolutely wonderful. And and I loved every minute of it. Yeah, yeah. I I definitely feel like, you know, when people have said, you know, you should you should go to these events to find a job or find a sponsor or do this or do that. Like that's the conversation people have. And I'm sure you've heard others have said that about, you know, going to different I guess, professional development conferences. But I found that with this particular conference with Career Fusion, it was really more personal development for me. I was in the discovery of who I was as a person. It really just kickstarted the year off for me to make some strides that I was, I guess, not willing to see or a little scared of being vulnerable with myself in that way. And I'm so happy that I did. And meeting individuals like yourself and seeing others being... I don't know, like just just as vulnerable with sharing their difficulties in their journey. It makes you feel like you're not alone and we aren't, which is why I love doing this podcast. Yeah. And we really can, you know, feel alone. It's when when I lecture, I'm constantly, you know, talking to to the hygienists and the, the professionals that I that I chat with when I when I have the chance to have the podium. Um, I always tell them that any of them. Um, have the ability to share their story and they can, you know, they could have the podium. It just so happens that I was the one that was hired to be there that day, Mm -hmm. but that we all have a short, a story to share. 
and that we aren't alone. And so many times we feel like we're so isolated. I I practiced in a practice that had one dentist, one assistant, one front desk, and one hygienist, me. And I will typically share the story that I thought I was the only hygienist on the face of the planet. (laughs) I mean, you get so isolated, right? You have your kids and and you're raising kids and you're working and I was going to school. And, you know, who has time for extracurricular stuff other than, you know, work and go home and, and, and work on your home stuff. Um, and I was in a small office in a small town and I really, really oftentimes thought I was the only like tooth scraper out there who Mm -hmm. was struggling and it's not true. But once we, we have to step outside of our box and like you said, you know, with your experience at career fusion, it's not always about finding the job or getting the sponsor or, you know, a lot of it starts with finding ourselves and understanding what it is that we're being called to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I tell you, just in the short period of time of my journey, it's already evolved so much already. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what what is there? What What's left? What kind of other magic can, can happen in my career and in my personal life? You know, today I was, I volunteered at my daughter's school and talk about how crazy life is. I totally forgot I was supposed to call Angie. <laughs> I had the time wrong in my calendar. So I I happened to pick up my phone and because typically I don't have it with me. I'm cutting all these laminates and it gave me a huge pile of stuff to do. And the, the teacher decides to put on these songs for the kids to dance and they were all like dancing with the song and they were, you know, shaking their tushies like the whole class. They were all singing and they were all learning at the same time. And I don't know where I'm going with the story. But anyway, I <laughs> life has been so busy. But in that moment, I was able to be present and, you know, see the beauty of life, which is these beautiful children all in first grade who, you know, don't have all the they don't have all this stuff on them and they're being present and they're enjoying themselves. And, and I think that's what my discovery has been. My think beyond the profi theme for this year has been rediscovering myself and loving myself and accepting, accepting that. And I think that's pivotal, pivotal to anyone trying to have any type of career satisfaction. It, so. it sure is. And that is, um, you know, it's a struggle for all of us um, to accept ourselves. I mean, I look at myself I'm like, are you kidding me? Um, there is no way that I'm perfect. There are so many things that I could do better. There's so many things that, you know, I feel that um, didn't work out the way that they should have, you know, and and we can look backward all day long. And um, it really can can cause us a lot of a stress to be looking backward. And, um, there's, I don't know exactly what the saying is, but, um, it's something about, there's a reason that the rear view mirror is so small in comparison to the windshield. Mm, That's powerful. Yeah. Because we're not made to be looking backward. We're made to be looking forward at all of those things you were just talking about, Jasmine, of being present and, and, um, you know, loving ourselves and looking for, you know, ways that we can improve and, and things like that. So let's uh, let's look through the windshield and, and not spend a lot of time in that rearview mirror, because if we're looking in the rearview mirror, it's likely that we're either going to miss something that we should have seen in the windshield or we're going to run into something <laughs> that, you know, wasn't even in our path. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. 
That is, I love that analogy, by the way. I love the fact that you bring that out, especially with looking forward. And obviously you've done that in your career and you spent some time in clinical practice, but right now you're the founder and the CEO of High Life Oral Health Alliance. Alliance. See, I have to get used to the (laughs) ho-ha. Which, of course, you're used to that. So just tell us, tell the listeners a little bit about your journey and how you've been able to maintain yourself looking forward and evolving and maintaining your career satisfaction. Well, um, Jasmine, I will tell you that I'm not I'm not by any means perfect at looking forward because just like everyone else on the planet, I get bogged down with looking backward and being disappointed in, you know, in in certain things. And um, I do a, a lot of work on on my brain, looking forward and not um, dwelling on what didn't go well and try and figure out what went well. In my journey, my big plan for myself, Angie's plan was that I was going to teach dental hygiene at a hygiene school. That was my plan. It's interesting how we think we're going to end up somewhere and then the road just twists and turns and you end up somewhere completely different. And that's really what happened to me. I had gone back for my bachelor's degree. I'm associate's degree hygienist, fundamentally. And I knew if I wanted to teach, I needed to have a bachelor's degree. And so I went back to school and finished up my bachelor's while working clinically, having um, some children. I was in hygiene school also with a six month old and a five year old. So we could do a whole episode on that, right? Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, a husband who took a job driving semi over the road, uh, 10 to 14 days at a time and home for two days so that we could have enough money to keep me in school. So I was pretty much a single mom. Um, thank goodness my, my mom and my auntie were around to help so I could go study, but it was difficult. And um, it was, I was driven because I knew I wanted to teach dental hygiene at that time. So I got my um, hygiene degree and then went back for my bachelor's in psychology. And um, interestingly enough, I did teach in my journey. So after I got my bachelor's, all of these things started, you know, happening. And I, I attended an under one roof conference, which absolutely changed my life. Wow. Um, we could talk about that for a few minutes, too. But that under one roof conference literally changed my whole life. And so I was doing some teaching and then uh, I had was hired by a consulting firm in California to be a hygiene, their director of hygiene consulting, which I'd never done in my life. Um, I had no idea what I was doing, but I said yes. When I when they wanted to hire me, I said yes. And then that opportunity opened up um, some connections with um, American Eagle Instruments and then um, opened up uh, some opportunities with Florida Probe. And then my mom got stage four breast cancer, gall darn her. And Mm. um, I needed to be home to help take care of her. And so I left my consulting job because I was on the road too much. I couldn't take care of my mom and be on the road. Mm -hmm. Then things just started, you know, it's like people were reaching out to me because they knew me and because I would typically say yes, even though I didn't know what I was doing. Right. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. I love that. I love it. (laughs) And, and you figure it out. And so one thing led to another and then career fusion has a huge piece in there for me. And then I, I was hired by clear, And I spent five years there. And all of this while, while all of this other stuff was happening, 
there was this undermining theme, Jasmine, that I never even saw. And that was this whole thing with these elders. I had no idea what it meant. It's not what I wanted to do particularly. But all of these things kept coming into my world that involved these elders. And I could not for the life of me figure out what was going on. So I like to talk about spinning plates, right? And you spin a million plates every day. We all Mm -hmm, do. mm -hmm. And so I like to say, you know, I'm spinning my plates. And then all of a sudden, somebody puts this extra plate and it's these elders. And so it's on the stick and it's spinning. And then every now and again, it will start to wobble. And so I'll just go over there and spin it enough. You know, I'll take care of whatever I was called to do over there or with the elders and not Mm -hmm. pay much attention to it because I'm busy with all the other things, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm paving my path, what Angie thinks is the path. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then I kept being like pulled back to that elder's plate. I'm like, what is going on? And it took me a really, really long time to understand that what Angie wanted and what I was being called to do was completely different from each other. Wow. That, I mean, ooh, that's powerful. But the hard part is you have to be quiet enough to see that. You have to be quiet. And it's hard with all of the hubbub. Yes. Yes. So how did you get to that place to to see that? Well, I think that um, I'm, I can be a tough learner um, and, and, and I'm not a good listener oftentimes. And it just was so apparent to me. But again, it took a long time. My mother-in-law ended up in a nursing home at the end of her life. Um probably died from COPD, lung infections that were coming from her mouth. Mm -hmm. That was the first like, aha thing. And I didn't know what to do about it. Um, Because I was a baby hygienist. Mm -hmm. And I was scared because we had had all the laws pounded into our heads at the time that we could do nothing without a dentist. And so I didn't know what I could do. I'd never had an experience in a nursing home other than my grandparents, but I was younger. And and so it was just craziness uh, what I was learning. And when Gladys died, I made a vow to her that I was going to do something to help this atrocity in these nursing homes where these elders have typically no or very limited access to oral health. And um, along the way of trying to figure out, you know, it was it was a navigation. I had to figure out why weren't there dental professionals in these nursing homes? What are the roadblocks to that? What are the roadblocks to having dental hygienists provide dental cleanings in the nursing homes? What are the roadblocks for the care teams? Why can't they provide good oral hygiene? Um, and and then figure out what I was going to do about it. Mm-hmm. Along the way, my grandmother lost 60% of her teeth in two years in a nursing home between the ages of 90 and 92. Mm. And there was a dentist on board in the community, and we were told that everything was fine, although we would have to take her out. My aunt would take her out um, to have her teeth extracted on occasion. And um, by the time that I really realized what was going on, she'd lost 60% of her teeth. So that was another really big wake-up call for me. And then, you know, you just feel it. Um, I was in a job that initially I loved, a full-time job, and I was getting antsier and antsier. And I had been working with some people. Again, I I didn't do this all myself. I've spent a lot of money on business coaching and consulting, people to consult with me, 
different classes that I've taken. It, mm-hmm. It's cost me a fair amount of money. But again, every single one of those steps furthered me along this path and and helped it to become clearer. Yes, yes. And I think the, one of the hardest things for some RDHs to accept when they don't want to choose advancing clinical practice in some way. They just want something outside of clinical practice. The hardest thing for them to swallow is the amount of money you have to spend on going to professional development conferences, getting consulting, um, get some some form of coaching or consulting to help you to bring into fruition whatever passion that you have in place. And I feel, and not that I feel so much, but I've seen some hygienists get frustrated with that because there's a large amount of investment that you have to put in for yourself. And now it's no longer, okay, well, you know, the dentist will get it for me or, you know, my employer is going to supply that. It's yourself that needs to supply that. And I, I love the fact that you bring that out. Um, and it's things that you've done over the years to help build yourself, build yourself there to then begin, you know, high life. And I love the fact that you've kind of changed too. You've had some different, you've kind of tri- tried these different forms of different positions or roles as a hygienist. I too thought when I left the op uh, five years ago that I was going to, where I was employed, was going to be exactly where I was going to work until I retired. My kids were going to go to school there. I had everything set. And I would have never thought five years ago that I would be doing what I'm doing with Beyond the Profi, Mom Jenna's podcasting and stuff like that. It just seems absurd. Like sometimes I wake up and I'm like, what in the world am I doing? I'm having fun, but it's just like, wow, I would have never imagined. It's super easy. I mean, I could still be, I could be cleaning the teeth. I could be. I mean, I could have opted to still be in that office. They never asked me to leave. They never, you know, I loved the dentist. He was amazing to work for and I could still be there. However, there was something in my belly that was like, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. And I loved clinical hygiene. It wasn't that, you know, I was thinking, oh, I don't want to clean the teeth. You have to be willing to step outside that comfort zone and you have to be willing to invest. I hear there's all kinds of hygienists that are interested in high life. There has to be some skin in the game and they have to, they have a business within my business. And so they are independent contractors. They're not employees. Mm -hmm. And No matter what the masses of hygienists say that they don't want to be in the op and they don't want to be an employee and they don't want to do this. You know what, Jasmine? I find that the masses of them, when they're looking, that's exactly what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. They're looking for a paycheck because they can't um, and they want something that will replace their clinical hygiene salary. Well, good luck with that. They're like, oh, I'd like to come work for you. And 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 how much do you pay an hour? And do you get my clients for me? And, and, and that that's not what High Life is. High Life is an opportunity to be with other people that are doing the same thing and be part of that network. And you build your own clientele. So what we're doing is we're mentoring people in sales. We're mentoring people in speaking because they're doing speaking events at these care communities or out in their towns. They are, I'm mentoring them to write. A lot of my oral care specialists were never published before and now they've been published because I know how to do that because Mm -hmm. I was the editor in chief of Hygiene Tribune for three years. 
So I'm mentoring that. I'm mentoring them how to speak. I've spoken in 46 states and six countries. Uh, I know how to do this stuff. I want to build up these hygienists that have the same fire in their belly to take care of the elders while they're building something of their own. I have put people in the trade show booth for companies on the the Chicago midwinter floor who'd never worked in a trade show before. Those are the kinds of connections that, that I have in addition to taking care of the elders. So being part of the High Life Oral Health Alliance is a big picture. It's not about how much money am I going to make? Um, I just don't want to clean teeth anymore. I'm going to go brush teeth the old people. I'm going to make the same amount of money. That's not it. Absolutely. So you, so listeners, you need to do a, the best thing you can do is a true self-evaluation of yourself. What is it that you need that is going to work for you? That's your desire. And, and like Angie said, there's no possibility for you to get a job outside of clinical practice that's going to be paying you as much as you would like to get paid. It's not going to happen unless you're in a actual dental office. And even if you work corporate, it's different. So they have to definitely, I encourage you to wrap your mind around about what exactly it is that you want to do. And if it is something, something that's building your own um, instead of building someone else's dream, but actually building something of your own and making an impact for the elder community while building skills that will never leave you. Learning the skills of writing and speaking and working um, the exhibit floor and and taking care of the elders. I mean, those are things that you will never um, be rid of. They're absolutely priceless, that opportunity to to have that growth with High Life. I think that's wonderful. People come and they think that it's a job. And then when when they talk to the other oral care specialists who are actively involved, um, we have some that are on board, but they're not actively involved. And so they're not getting that same experience because they're not putting into it. It's kind of like if you are part of the gym, if you pay a gym membership and you say, well, I don't get anything out of the gym. Well, do you go to the gym? Or were you just magically hoping that because you're a member, (laughs) you're going to get the benefit of the gym or of ADHA or whatever group that you're part of? If you pay the dues and you're not active, you're not going to get much out of anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, that is, I love the fact that you brought that up. I mean, it's everything. It's your membership with ADHA. It's, it's even your career. You've got to put some work into it. And, um, if anyone's interested in actually hearing from a person that's actually um, invested in themselves and they have their own business within the high life structure Then listen to episode 10 with Mary Jensen. And she shares a bit about um, her experience. And I've interviewed her also from Mom Genist. And she's done really amazing stuff um, with her involvement with high life. And I love the fact that she um, is doing so many other things outside of that, too, which is also very encouraging to see which is totally awesome. She's a rock star. She's Mm -hmm. a rock star um, for sure. And um, I so appreciate you interviewing her, you know, on your podcast and then allowing her to share um, some information about, about high life. I listened to her and Dorothy's podcast, which was awesome. Yeah. Dorothy and I are in the same cohort together. I'm just so happy to have met both of the ladies. I mean, it's, I tell you, dentistry is very small. It is small and you have to be careful too. (laughs) 
because it's yes. like six degrees of separation. It's like every, somebody knows somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. It's very interesting. I didn't realize how small it was until, you know, started interviewing people and this person knows that person and that person knows that person. And I think that the cool thing about it is that if you put yourself out there and if you're passionate about what you do and people see your passion, it doesn't matter what the passion is really for, what, you know, what journey you're on, someone will hear you. And then they would likely know someone else who maybe shares that passion or who could assist you in moving that passion forward. And and so the more that you can be visible, the better off you are. And we also, like you said, Jasmine, we also have to remember that it is a small community. And so the things that you post on Facebook or the posts that you, things you post in these groups or the things that how you carry yourself when you're at the meetings, that is huge. You can't um, be, you know, having too much alcohol and then, you know, making a fool of ourselves. Uh, so there's all of these things that come with it, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. And it's a your, how you behave, how you behave online and outside is a reflection of yourself as a brand. So I think we need to start thinking of ourselves as a brand. You may not even have a business, but me, Jasmine Haley, I'm a brand. Angie Stone is a brand. And the way that we interact with others should be consistent and make sure we uphold our integrity. And another thing that I think is important to know is sometimes getting out there and getting your name out there does not have to be on anyone else's platform. You don't have to wait for anyone. You can create your own blog. You can create your own platform to get your message out there. And then people will start noticing gradually over time, um, especially if you're pulling out quality, quality content. So let me ask you this. What was the best advice you've ever been given? Best best career advice. I can tell you a lot of bad career advice I had. (laughs) You can share that. That's a good one. Okay. That'll be the first. (laughs) That's, that's, that's really, um, that's kind of easier. We can always focus on the negative, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the most profound um, and, and the most meaningful career advice that I have ever gotten in all honesty is from Dr. John Dubatz, um, the dentist that I worked for for 15 years. And he always, always told me, Angie, do what you feel you're supposed to do. And that's profound because I was his only hygienist. And he encouraged me to go to school. He encouraged me to take um, part-time jobs and I could still work part-time hygiene. He encouraged me when I was in school. He had worked for like 30 years on Tuesday nights always. And I had a class on Tuesday nights that I needed to have for my degree. And he switched his late night to Thursdays for me. Oh my goodness. So that I could still go to school. And he said to me, Angie, when I um, left his employment, it was super, super hard and it could make me cry. And he said to me, Angie, I knew from the beginning that I would lose you because you were made for something different than affecting one life at a time in my office. And I always wanted you to be able to know that I supported you and you needed to do what you needed to do. It's not about me. That is just beautiful. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And so that's the best advice. I mean, to have him in my corner. Um, as my boss, right? Because what boss does that? Exactly. And so I'm just hopeful that I can, um, with the, the 
the ladies who are in my High Life Oral Health Alliance and whoever else that may come involved with me. I hope that I'm never selfish, that I'm always looking to improve them. And even if that means that they are going to walk a journey that doesn't include High Life anymore or doesn't include me, I I hope that I'm always like Dr. Dubat's was with me. Thank you, Dr. Dubet. I mean, that is that is so, so incredible. And um, it, it just it gave me like goosebumps a little bit because it just made me think about some of those. I call them like angel wings. So the friend and I were talking and she calls these people that come into your life like they have angel wings. They come in at just the right moment just to give you that that spark or that word of encouragement that you need to keep pushing forward. That's why the term being self-made is so difficult for me because I feel that we meet incredible people. We all meet incredible people in our journey that give us some sort of encouragement or word of advice that, that can pick us up enough to keep moving forward. And um, I just love that. I love that. Dr. Dubetz. Shout out to Dr. Dubetz. All right. So last question. The last question to you is what was the last book that you read? Because I'm an avid reader and I love reading um, to fill my mind up with positive things as much as possible. Ooh, well, I have a couple, right? So I'm currently reading God's at War. Mm. And um, it's a series that we uh, um, it's a book, but our um, our our church does um, series. And so our series right now is uh, around this book. And obviously, that's tied to the Bible. So it's called God's at War with a little G. Um, Mm. And what it's about is all of these things in our lives that are vying for our attention, like success, like wealth, like um, the internet, like all of these things that are trying to vie for that number one position in our lives when um, hopefully it's we're worshiping the right things. Mm-hmm. So so it's very powerful. Um, and then I also, oh goodness, um, recently read My Last Step Backward mm. by Miss Tasha Shu, who is an amazing woman. Um, her story is incredible of what she has gone through and how she has dealt with a severe, severe um, injury in her life. And she's now a speaker um, and she's written a book. She's amazing. So my last step backward from Tasha Shu. And then one other one I just read on vacation was um, Undernourished and Overwhelmed by mm. Karen Thomas, who is a hygienist. Wow. Now, what's that book about? It tells her story about how sick she was um, and how nobody could figure out why she was sick and how she spent two years in bed. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. And how she was able to figure out on her own what was wrong with her and how to heal herself. And um, so that that's a, a fantastic book, too. So I would say those three are my most recent. Wow. OK, so right now I'm reading Presence by Amy Cuddy. Um, if you've never seen her actual TED talk on the power of presence and the power pose, she talks about that and faking it mm. to you become it. Um, that was a video that was shown, um, at career fusion, but 
this particular talk is very, very powerful. And her book is very exceptional because it actually goes through a lot of research that talks about the imposter syndrome, instilling the power within yourself and not really social power, but the power within yourself to um, to lead a life of, I guess, just happiness, really, because that power within um, can help you with any challenges that you may face personally or professionally. And I'm going to also add Dying from Dirty Teeth. I've read that already, but I want to add that book because how can we not talk to Angie Stone and talk about the fact that she's authored a book? Um, Dying from Dirty Teeth, you can order from Amazon listeners. And if you really want to hear more about uh, what Angie has done and some of her information that she shares in her program, you need to pick up this book. And so I'll end it with that. Wonderful. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we could even, I mean, there's so much stuff that we can bring out from your career. I don't even know where to go first from you being a speaker and Arthur, because I'm sure the (laughs) listeners are going to be like, okay, tell me how you did all of that. But we just don't have enough time. But we'll definitely have you back, of course. (laughs) I would love that, Jasmine. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I love this. I absolutely love this uh, conversation today. There's some beautiful pearls, as Edie says, there's some beautiful pearls in this conversation that I can't wait to share. Awesome. Thank you, Jasmine. 